They said lowering drug prices was a fight we couldn't win. The big drug companies have billions of dollars and an army of lobbyists. But AARP stood with our 38 million members and forced the drug companies to lower drug prices. It's a victory for all Americans. But Big Pharma won't give up, so neither will AARP. Join our fight at aarp.org slash fierce defender. That's aarp.org slash fierce defender. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. It's that time again. Happy Friday. It is Matt Connerton Unleashed, and we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire, also on Comcast 97. If you are in Manchester, and hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe, you can go to my website, mattconnerton.com for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, et cetera, et cetera. Today is Friday, April 29, 2022, and I am not alone. If you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band. That lead guitar is hot, but not for a Louisiana man. So raw's enough that both are faded love and let's all dance. If you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in the band. Yeehaw! Texas Mike is here on a Friday. Yeehaw! Uh, how are you, Texas Mike? Doing good. Yes, doing good. Very good. <laughs> By the way, uh, John Hopwood is not here. Uh, John was uh, originally uh, planning to be here today, but... Unfortunately, uh, you know, he can't uh, he can't make it. He's okay. It's nothing serious. But uh, something suddenly came up. Yeah, something suddenly came up. But uh, John, if you're listening, uh, I will uh, see you soon, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, so uh, happy Friday. Uh, by the way, big day today. You know, Fridays are are my favorite day here at WMNH because after this show, well, uh, so Grand State of Mind is uh, pre-recorded this week. So we'll be going uh, all the way to uh, 6 p.m. And then, of course, uh, tonight at uh, 7.30, 7.30 to 10 p.m. as we do every Friday night. Retro Spectrum Radio with Pauly C. And I have the honor and the privilege of being one of Paul's co-hosts on that show, along with uh, Dan Randall of Dan Randall and the Randlets, and, of course, uh, DJ Steve, Stephen Light. And tonight we have a very special guest, Peter White 
of the morning show with Peter White will be joining us live on Retro Spectrum Radio. So we're really looking forward to that. That'll be a lot of fun. Technically, Peter has been on Retro Spectrum Radio before, but not since the show has been here at WMNH, the uh, FM iteration of the program. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward uh, to this evening quite a bit. There's going to be some Brady's trivia. Uh, Polly sees Baker dozen, and we'll see what other shenanigans and or hijinks ensue. Uh, but that will be this evening, and uh, we are uh, going to have a lot of fun. Uh, also, too, you know, it is uh, Friday. want to keep you uh, posted on what's going on at our amazing sponsor, The Hopknot. The Hopknot on Elm, to be specific, at 1000 Elm Street, right across the street here in downtown Manchester. Uh, this is what uh, Kenny posted up earlier. Have you tried the Veghead pretzel pizza yet? Would it be Veghead or Veghead? I guess it would be Veghead, right? Because the yes. idea is, is, is as vegetables. But it looks like Veg, but it would be Veg. Uh, the pizza features pesto, mozzarella cheese, tomatoes, onions, and mushrooms. I would enjoy all of that, except the mushrooms. I would get it without the mushrooms. I mean, the uh, onions, rather. Uh, no, I like mushrooms. I would get it without the onions. Uh, come and try one tonight while listening to some live music by Jim Dozette. Uh, reminder, we are only open to the public tomorrow until 5 p.m. because tomorrow night is the All Black Soiree, the fundraiser uh, for the big Juneteenth event, which is uh, coming up in less than two months. And we'll tell you more about that as that gets closer. But lots of great things happening at the Hop Knot. It's going to be uh, quite an exciting spring and summer. And, uh, you know, they do a lot getting involved with the local community and other uh, businesses in the area and so forth. But uh, yeah, really looking forward to Juneteenth uh, this year. And um, so please uh, swing by the Hop Knot. Enjoy those delicious gourmet pretzels. They have a, an assortment of craft beer. Uh, I know uh, Texas Mike, you are a frequent patron of the Hop Knot. I was, I was there before the show. Oh, very good. Yes, as you often are on a Friday. Yes. What did you get? I got one of my favorites, the the spin stuffed pretzel with a lemonade. The um what is it? The the the, the spin um stuffed pretzel, the Oh, uh, oh. spin inside choke dip. Gotcha. Well, very good. Very good. And the first anniversary of the Gender Blender is on Sunday. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yep. The Gender Blender events. Yeah, those are a very popular feature there. We've been trying to get uh we've been trying to get EZG to sign up for that, right, Eric? Yeah, but one thing I'm signing up for tomorrow is the uh, first one of the year, Java Jams, Ali Badre, and over at the Cafe of the Ryan outside, 11 a.m. to 1, original music only. Oh, very good. Uh, where is that happening again? Uh, the Cafe of the Ryan, first one of the year. Where is that exactly? Uh, it's right across the street from the uh, from the Palace Pal from the um, from the City Hall. Oh, very good. Very good. So she'll be playing she'll what? She'll be outside. Yes, we'll be playing some uh, lovely music. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Ellie Bondi play some music. You're in for a uh, treat if you haven't ever seen her. I don't think I've ever seen her live. I know she uh, sometimes, uh, she'll occasionally. Oh, God, I've seen her. I think I've seen her live as many times as I've seen Amanda McCarthy. No way. Amanda's going to be so yeah, jealous. I've been going, going there for nine years, Jared James. Yep. Wow. Used to go used to go all the time when I was inside, but now they're only open from um, 8 to 2, and I think it's 9 to 2 on um on Sundays, I think they close. I don't know what day they close, but they uh, they're they're only a breakfast lunch place now, so they change the hours. Uh huh. How do you feel about that? Yep. Did you ever uh, give them a hard time about that's fine, it? That's fine. And the uh, Alex, uh, I know they own it very well. So that's uh, that's her uh, domain, so she she does what she wants there. She's she's the owner. 
Yes. Well, it's good of you to recognize that. I joked that. around with her the other day. I said, boy, I've had trouble uh, bumping into you lately. I said, I know you're the owner. You come and go as you please. So I was talking to her ear off. He said, well, Eric, he's like, I got to go. I got some work to do. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I don't want any trouble. So I left. <laughs> you said, okay, I don't want any trouble. <laughs> wow. Well, the lady had to get back to work. You know, she, she is the owner. She got, she got things she's got to do to keep the place going. But she's done a great job. She's listening. Okay. But over nine years this year. So that's a good thing. Okay. But that statement, I don't want any trouble. Uh, that's usually reserved for very specific circumstances. You'll see that a lot uh, in the movies, for example, where maybe someone I'm just is joking around. Though. I know it for a long time, so I just you know. Around some, okay, see you later, Eric. Somebody's uh, you know just doing their thing, living their life, and uh, some ruffian, some hoodlum comes up to them and tries to start trouble, and and you know, and then the this protagonist. Very nice lady. She's been on the, we've been dying the, a couple the, of times. The protagonist has the, the, the protagonist. Nice the protagonist has to say, oh, I don't want any trouble," because you know that always works. Well, you know how you know how it is, uh, Matt. It's very hard to keep a small business going these days, especially you know during COVID. So they're very lucky they're still alive in the business because unfortunately a lot of people in restaurants, you know, small businesses have closed their doors. You ever do that, uh, Texas Mike, in a situation like that? You ever uh, say to somebody, "I don't want any trouble," or are you usually the one who goes looking for trouble? I would say. 50- oh, I never really was in trouble when he got kicked out of the bar at Scuppy's place. Oh. He was uh, uh, he had his rock and roll uh, rock and roll band going there. He was it was corrupting Texas Mike. Remember that, uh, Matt? I remember that vividly. You remember that, Texas Mike? Yes, I do. You went looking for trouble that night. No, no, uh, no, no. no. I, I, I was trying to enjoy uh, some music and, and uh, jumping at me. Why? So I was on Scuppy. <laughs> He kind, of, he kind of digged his own grave the other day when he called up the show. So what are you going to do? It's the way, the way the life goes. It's life on the fast lane. Who dug his own grave? Scumpy? Uh, Scumpy, yeah, calling in and complaining about, uh, you know, what, you know I don't, we don't need to relive it, but unfortunately I, I think he's all done at the station. I was, uh, I was hoping Scumpy would call back yesterday while we were talking with uh, Victor, uh, the Ukrainian immigrant. That would have been perfect as well. Or maybe, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I fell asleep during the interview. Was um, I started a few minutes of it and then I dozed off. Uh huh. But I told Peter I'm going to try to stay awake tonight to listen to the uh, retrospective radio. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to listen to your station and I'm going to keep off the uh, station from Florida. The station from Florida? Oh, the Charles yeah, Richardson, Charles Richardson show. show. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, say, say, say goodbye to that just for tonight because the, uh, I want to pay attention to your show tonight. Well, we're going to need you. You know what uh, happened last week, right? When I promoted your show on the other show, that kind of wasn't a good idea. It backfired. It was egg in my face. Yeah, so what we'll need you to do tonight, EZG, because Dirk Don is also going to be doing a live stream on the Arrogant Media YouTube channel. If you could go into that chat room and try to poach some people, that would be great. No, I'm just going to focus on one <laughs> one show tonight. Well, okay. That's probably for I, the best. I think that would be better. Live I in the agree. moment, you know. Live in the moment. Live enjoy, in the moment. The, the one show. Enjoy the it's one habit, show. I kind of multi, multitask. You know, I, I can't enjoy. Either, either I, I listen to your show halfway and I listen to Charles halfway. So that way, nothing is you, Charles, but tonight I'm going to listen to your show. And mm-hmm. uh, that's it. There I is my no. Uh, today and you guys have a great show. All right. Thanks, ECG. Wow. All right. Very good. Wow. Wonderful. All right. Well, we look forward to being listened to this evening by EZG. Uh, if you'd like us to listen to you, you can give us a call at 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. You can also text me at 617-917-4476, tweet me at Matt Connerton, or send an email to matt at mattconnerton.com. And, of course, you can interact and opine 
in the Facebook live chat, and we will say hello to everyone in there in a moment. But the best thing to do so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is to give us a call at 603-250-6007. I do want to remind you, of course, today is Friday, which means today we have Eric Pilcher's classic film review. And this week, uh, the subject is Big Trouble in Little China, which is um, a film that I have never seen, although I do want to see it now that I've heard, uh, you know, I do listen to the reviews ahead of time. And uh, now that I have uh, heard uh, Eric's film review, and of course you will all hear it at the top of the hour today at 5 p.m. Eastern time. We'll share that with you. But uh, I, I, although the cover of the uh, of the movie is, uh, you know, the, the artwork from it is uh, forever etched in my mind from years ago when I worked at uh, Strawberries and then eventually, you know, became FYE. Uh, in the of course in the DVD section and the Blu-rays, you know, I would see the cover for it, but I've never actually seen the movie. Have you ever seen that uh, Texas Mike? I have not. Mike Pelopita has seen it. He's in the Facebook live chat. He says great movie. Uh, Mike, of course, from another one of our great sponsors here at WMNH 95.3 Queen City Cabinetry in the historic Sunbeam Mall, and uh, this is uh, Eric Pilcher on the line. Hello, Eric. Hey, Matt, uh, I'm glad you brought up the poster because the movie poster was done by a, for that film, Big Trouble in Little China, was done by renowned uh, movie poster artist Drew Struzan, who uh, famously did the posters for the Indiana Jones films oh, okay. and the Star Wars films. Oh, yeah, that makes sense to me, actually, thinking about the artwork for those films. Uh, well, I actually, I, I can't quite picture the Indiana Jones uh, poster, but I can vividly picture the Star Wars poster. I think that's probably uh, permanently etched in everyone's mind. And, um, yeah, I, I can uh, I can see the, uh, I can kind of see mentally the uh, similarities. Yes, so he did a lot of posters in the 80s and uh, in I believe in the 90s. Oh, okay. Drew, As well. Drew Struson is his name? Yes. That's a fun name to say. Give that a try, uh, Texas Mike. Drew Struson. Drew Struson. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it should be the name of a drink. You should, uh, next time you're at the Hopknot, you should ask for a Drew Struson and see what uh, Kenny says. He'll probably just look at you funny and be completely here's puzzled. The posters he, here's the posters he designed. I just looked him up for kind of a list and it's the bigger type it, it just lists the bigger titles okay uh blade runner the thing police academy series back to the future indiana jones and the temple of doom indiana jones and the last crusade et coming to america first blood risky business and the goonies yeah there's a a number of those i can picture just from memory, like E.T., that's an iconic uh, movie poster. Um, there was another one in there, too, that when you said it, uh, it, it really uh, jumped out at me. I can't think of what it was, but um, yeah, so it sounds like he's, uh, I, I mean, is he like, I mean, th those are all. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning. And you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. 
mega blockbusters. He was probably one of the top uh, poster designers in the country, I would imagine, in the industry. Yes. Um, since the from starting in the nineties, he really took a step back. He only has done posters for the Star Wars prequel films. Mm. And uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah. And of no, George Lucas dictated that contractually, Struzan's poster was the only art the foreign distributors could use, and other than the text, it could not be modified in any way. Oh, no kidding. Huh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, Drew Struzan. And he has done numerous special edition covers for comics. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Hmm. Yes. So, yes, he, uh, he, so, yeah, I just wanted to chime in with that when you brought up the poster, because the mm-hmm. poster is almost as memorable as the film. Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, it's the only memory I have of it. I've ne- because I've never seen the it, film, but like I said, the poster is permanently uh, etched in my brain. Yes, uh, the Shout, Fa- Shout Factory, the company that did the special edition Blu-ray release of it, has a reversible cover art with new artwork, and or you can flip it over and see the more traditional, oh, uh, the traditional uh, movie poster art. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, I have the more traditional movie poster art on mine. Oh, okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Oh, well, very good. Well, we're looking forward to your review uh, uh, there, Eric, at the uh, top of the hour. We'll be uh, playing that for everybody. Unfortunately, John Hopwood isn't here today to hear it, but uh, but he'll he'll hear it if he's listening, wherever he is at the moment. But uh, Yes, I, I, I hope he, I do hope he is well. Oh, yeah. And uh, he'll be okay. I, I do always enjoy his feedback. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're a frequent. How many times have you been on his uh, television program now? Four times? Five times? Um, I believe uh, four. Okay. Yeah. No. I, I can check real quick because they're. I have them all on my site, except the latest one that we did for Godfather Part Two. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should mention that too, of course, your website, PilcherSpoint.com, where you have all the film reviews and the, and the archives, of course, of you appearing on John's program and your, uh, articles. Do you have one, uh, going up this weekend? I do believe I will be writing one this weekend. It's about the fight for filmmaker independence. Oh, really? And I'm not going to say why that's the subject. People will have to listen to the film review to find out why. Yeah. And it's it's going to be about John Carpenter in specifically. Okay. Okay. Yes. I, I, I think I know. Um, having, there'll be a couple no. other directors that will be alluded to in it, but John Carpenter will be the big one. And probably Orson Welles, which if you're a film fan and that doesn't pique your interest, <laughs> How I'm able to correlate Orson Welles and John Carpenter. Yes. Then you're in for a treat. (laughs) Outstanding. All right. Well, we look forward to that. I've been on John's show six times. Oh, it's been six times. Okay. Yeah. I figured it. I thought it was more than four. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. No, you guys have really good discussions on there. Yes. We talked. There was the one about 
Apocalypse Now. Then we talked about David Ortiz being inducted into the Hall of Fame. And then we uh, talked about the 1966 film Batman. Mm. Lacquers in Cinema with Kyle Clayton and Gonzo. And then The Godfather and The Godfather Part 2. Okay, yeah. Oh, very good. And at some point, we're going to wrap it up all in a nice little bow and uh, have a third episode about The Godfather. Not about Godfather Part 3, oh. but just a third episode about The Godfather 1 and 2. I was going to say, uh, what can you say about uh, Part th- I mean, well, there's a lot you could say about Part 3, but probably wouldn't be that productive. <laughs> so I get what you're there, uh, there saying. Is, actually, I am... I am one of the few people that don't ba- that I I will bash three, but I actually have an appreciation for three. Oh, okay. I I think it acts well as a standalone film, and if you can ignore Sofia Coppola's performance, <laughs> right, you're good. Right. <laughs> yeah, she's a better director than than an actor, I suppose. You still there, Eric? Eric? Hello? Oh, we lost you there yeah, for a I'm second. Here. Oh, okay. Yeah, the line went quiet there for a minute. And I, I heard no, a, I, I heard I a strange... That it was, her performance in 3 was about as bad as Keanu Reeves in The Day the Earth Stood Still. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's pretty bad. Yeah, for... Yeah, was, yeah. That's how... Go ahead. That's how cringe it was. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, the line went quiet, and I heard like a weird, uh, almost like a buzzing for a second there. That was uh, that was strange, but uh, that's all right. Well, we'll uh, we'll let you go. But uh, yep, yeah, re- really looking forward to uh, sharing this week's film review at the top of the hour with everyone, Eric. I always enjoy doing them, and always enjoy people the feedback from the people. One last thing, Texas Mike, drop it for me. Yeehaw! Ooh, that was a good one. There we go. <laughs> Let's get into the weekend. <laughs> All right, Eric. Thank you so much for the call, my friend. No problem. Thank you, Matt. You got it. Bye-bye. All right, that was our friend Eric Pilcher from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And uh, we will, at the top of the hour, of course, here is Classic Film Review this week. The subject is Big Trouble in Little China. That does open up the line for you, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. I do want to say hello to everybody in the uh, Facebook live chat. Uh, Rocky Huber joins us and says, what's up, Unleashed World? By the way, Rocky, uh, last week he brought me, uh, it was uh, a, a piece of, uh, I think it was New York, uh, New York cheesecake. You know, like uh, like a real New Yorker would get. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it was very very nice. Like a jealous one. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Dirk Don uh, joins us in the Facebook live chat. Uh, Dirk has something going on tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. Uh, he's going to be doing a live stream on Arrogant Media, and he's going to be speaking with uh, Enclave Emily is her name, if I remember correctly, and it's in relation to uh, he recently did. I, I still have to listen to the whole thing, but he recently did an interview with Cretosis about. Uh, this um, uh, this uh, other guy, Acer Thorne, who's been filing these uh, false and frivolous, I might say, uh, DMCA uh, copyright claims online. It's a big problem. But uh, Dirk is going to be live streaming tonight at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern on the Arrogant Media YouTube channel. And Dirk says, Texas Mike, help. I think his sister is uh, stepsister, I should say, is still uh, stuck in the dryer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, you said you almost, the way you laughed just now was a little menacing. It almost sounds like you know something about it. You didn't push her into the dryer, did you? No, I did not. Uh, okay, good. All right, just making sure. Uh, Charles Richardson joins us in the Facebook live chat. Charles from the great state of Florida and, of course, host of the Charles Richardson Show. Uh, that happens tonight online, uh, as it does every Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. And, of course, Jenny is uh, the primary co-host of Charles on that program. Charles says, Matt Pizzerton, unpineapple is live. That's right. No pineapple on my pizza. I believe it is a sin. A sin. Oh, I forgot to pin the comment with the uh, phone number. Uh, yes, uh, uh, Dirk uh, confirms his stepsister is still stuck in the dryer. So if there's anything you can do to help, uh, maybe maybe some butter would, you know, if you, you go there, you stick some butter in, maybe that'll unstick. I don't know how this works exactly. I've never heard of a human getting stuck in a dryer. I, I'm not sure how, I mean, I guess if it was at a laundromat with those really big dryers, but uh, it sounds terrifying, frankly. Kids do it to other siblings, do it to siblings all, all the time. Well, that's uh, that's terrible. I'm glad that... I, uh, I, I, I never did it to my sister, and my sister never did it to me. Well, so. that's good. I'm glad. That's uh, good, on, good on you. Uh, I, I noticed you said in the chat room, buy me a plane ticket and I'll be there. So you are willing to, if Dirk buys you a plane ticket, you're willing to go to uh, Iowa to uh, help uh, yes. get his uh, stepsister out of the dryer. I think that's amazing. Uh, good for you. And Dirk even says, thank you, Mike. You stepped up where EZG would not. Yeah, EZG was so, he was just kind of dismissive of the whole thing. Like, oh, your sister is stuck in a dryer. I don't care. Or stepsister, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't care. Like, he just didn't care at all. He had no compassion, no empathy. He was just perfectly fine with Dirk's stepsister being stuck in a dryer and just could not care less. But you, sir, you are willing to step up. And I think that's wonderful. Yep. It's quite a change from your heel persona during your wrestling days when you were tag team champions with Blackjack Mulligan. Melanie La Liberty from the great state of Vermont says, Hello, all you wonderful, beautiful people. Hello, Melanie. Uh, Eric Pilcher, of course, is in the Facebook live chat. Uh, Jenny joins us and says, Shalom, peeps. Of course, you can hear Jenny tonight on the Charles Richardson Show. EZG, who we talked to on the phone earlier, also in the chat room, says, Happy Freaky Friday and Yeehaw Yahoo. Uh, I believe it's just uh, Yeehaw. I don't think there's any Yahoo. You don't say, you don't ever say Yahoo, do you? Nope. I, I weave it to Dante Tibbetts. That's right. Good. Uh, Melanie says, will Peter be there tonight? Why didn't you guys say something? I think she's kidding. Of course, we've been plugging that all week. Uh, Paul E.C. is in the Facebook live chat and says, hello from Sunny Purgatory. Big fan. I didn't know it was Sunny there. That's good. You know what uh, Purgatory is, right, Texas Mike? Is that is that hell? Uh, no. Purgatory, uh, So I think it's a Catholic thing. Uh, you know, I went to a Catholic school from grade 2 to grade 8, and we were told about Purgatory. From what I understand, it's where you go you actually, it's a good thing. You go there on your way to heaven. So, you know, if, you go, if you're if you going to hell, you just go straight to hell, uh, which I think is where that expression comes from. You go straight to hell. But if you're going to heaven, you stop in purgatory, which is like hell, but that's where your sins are burned off, and then you're able to get into heaven. Uh, uh, Mike Pelopita. Oh, I mentioned Mike is in there, of course, from uh, Queen City Cabinetry. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rocky Huber uh, poses a question. 
Uh, Matt, are you going to donate to the morning show fundraiser? EZG is going to wear a diaper, and I'm going to push him in a baby carriage down Elm Street. We are we have already raised fifty dollars, I believe. Well, that is fantastic, and um, I uh, have uh, several different thoughts and feelings about that that uh, I don't quite know how to express any of them at the moment. But I am, uh, I will say this, I'm intrigued. How about you, Texas Mike? It, I, is, it I, is intriguing. Yes, it is. I mean, it's not something I, uh, you know, it, it might be the very thing that uh, that we didn't know we needed. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would totally agree with that. Yeah, absolutely, yes. And Rocky says it is really happening. Uh, Melanie says in the chat, WTF, you can't do that. Do you know how hard it is for me to say, whoa, that's crossing a line? Uh, I don't know. I think it's great. You know, it, it could be something. I, I don't know if, if they're raising money for charity or, or, or what it's going to be or if it's just, you know, the money goes to pay for the diaper. I don't know how this is working exactly. But um, I think that uh, as I try to, uh, and, I, and I'm trying very hard uh, although I'll probably regret uh, having tried. But as I try to uh, conjure a mental image of this, and as I sort of play that through in my mind, I'm thinking that, um, I mean, part of me is horrified and repulsed, but also part of me thinks that this might inspire people. You know? You know what I mean, Texas Mike? Yeah, kind of like what Dale Dion did last year with his walk. I, I, I think the funds for this are going towards Eric Treeway. Well, that's excellent. Then, uh, yes. Then I think it is. Uh, I think it is. I think it is fantastic. Yes, and I hope that uh, you know. I just. I hope that they choose the right uh, brand of diaper. You know, that's not something you want to skimp on. Uh, let's see. Melanie says, "Dude, a grown man in a diaper being pushed around in a baby carriage. Seriously." Now, uh, the other thing too, though, and I don't know whose idea this was. If this was Rocky's idea, if this was EZG's idea, if this was somebody else's idea, I don't know if this uh, maybe somebody else on the morning show, maybe Peter White's idea. I can ask him tonight. But um, you know, uh, I, I I won't uh, go too far with this thought, but. Um, it probably is a fetish that some people have. So, and look, it's 2022. I don't want to judge. Do you want to judge, Texas Mike, what other people do, what makes them happy? They said lowering drug prices was a fight we couldn't win. The big drug companies have billions of dollars and an army of lobbyists. But AARP stood with our 38 million members and forced the drug companies to lower drug prices. It's a victory for all Americans. But Big Pharma won't give up, so neither will AARP. Join our fight at aarp.org slash fierce defender. That's aarp.org slash fierce defender. Hi, I'm Frank. I don't like change. And I just saw a billboard for this new BJ's Wholesale Club talking about up to 25% off grocery store prices. Oh, really? What's wrong with paying full price, huh? No, sir. I would not join BJ's Wholesale Club. Let's agree to disagree, Frank. Say you do want to sign up to get a $40 digital BJ's gift card. Join the new BJ's Wholesale Club, opening soon in New Albany. Visit BJ's.com slash New Albany or the BJ's Membership Center on North Hamilton Road. Limited time offer, new members only. No. No, I mean either. So that's, you know, so if it's, uh, you know, maybe it's just something they need to, they, they need to, uh, you know, do. Um... DJ uh, DJ Steve, Stephen Light is in the chat room and says, Hi, Matt and Texas Mike. Happy Friday. Yes, happy Friday for you, sir. Or to you, sir. 
Uh, Easy G is on the phone. Hello, Eric. Hey, it's not going to happen. It was just a joke during the show. Come on. No, no, no. It's happening. It, it, it was a joke. It was a joke. It was when the show was it's showing. It's too late. And the, Eric? And the radio shut off. Eric? I mean, not Rocky. Gonzo said it was just oh. a joke. He, he took his money back. And, You're not getting out of this. Of You're not getting out of this. This is for charity. This is to raise money for charity. And... Eric, you are going to inspire people. Everyone who sees this is going no, to be it's like, not, "It's not happening." That's whatever. All, that, that's uh, that's the bottom line because I said so. Whatever mountain. I'm not doing it. So I'm not doing it. So it's over. Whatever mountain it is, I'm trying to climb. No. Whatever. No, we're not sea, doing it. It was just whatever, a, it's just a joke we had on the show today. <laughs> whatever ocean not it happening. is, I'm trying right, I'm to swim. Up. Not happening. Whatever. Well, okay. Whatever problem it is that I'm grappling with, with whatever challenge I face, I know that I can do it. After watching this, what will be this uh, uh, spectacle. And I know, Easy G, I know that deep down, you know you have it in you to put on that diaper and let Rocky push you around. It's going to be great. And it's, look, it's too late to take it back. I mean, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I have no legal training whatsoever. But I do believe, because Rocky said it in the chat room, and then we talked about it on the air, uh, it's legally binding, so uh, you really can't get out of it. Uh, this is airtight. I mean, there's, there's just no, there's no getting out of it, uh, EZG. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I guess, uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what to tell you. You're, uh, you're locked in, buddy. Hey, Dirk. I will put on the diaper and get rolled. Um. Well, you know what would be, what would I think would be ideal is. This could be like, you could do that. I mean, you're obviously far away. You're in another state. You're in Iowa. But what if you do it the same day that EZG does it? What if you're both doing it at the same time and maybe it catches on? It's like, uh, it could be like Earth Day or something. Everybody's doing something on the same day. Nope. If if EZG is being all bashful, being all like, no, 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 I don't want to do it, then I'll step in or he won't do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's uh, quite magnanimous of you, Dirk. And uh, I think that is even more inspiring. I didn't think that anything could be more inspiring than the idea of EZG in a diaper being pushed in a baby carriage by Rocky Huber. But we have found something more inspiring, sir, and we have you to thank. You're welcome. You're all welcome. You're a great American. I know. Right, Texas Mike? Right. Mm. Well, this is fantastic. And I also, I also want to vocally thank you, Texas Mike. Not a whole lot of uh, people are heroes like you. You're welcome, Duck. Well, he hasn't done anything yet. I mean, your stepsister's still stuck, isn't she? Why? Well, I still have to get the plane ticket. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's committed. Exactly. See, now, unlike EZG, Texas Mike commits and he follows through. Exactly. He's exactly. Gonna, he's going to be there with the butter, with the grease, whatever it is. You know, you need to get somebody unstuck from something. And uh, that's great. But not Easy G. Couldn't count on him, apparently. Apparently, he has no nope. follow-through. I mean, he enters a legally binding contract and then backs out. Exactly. Mm. Well, and, and uh, in honor for uh, for this gracious thing that I'm going to be doing for everybody, mm. um, please check out the stream that I'm doing tonight at 8 o'clock p.m. Central on the Arrogant Media YouTube channel. And if you're watching Retro Spectrum Radio instead, you're doing the right thing. But also, <laughs> watch the stream after you're done watching and listen to that. Absolutely. That's my plan. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, 
All right. I'll let you go. Okay, thanks. Bye. All right, my friend. Bye-bye. All right. Thank goodness for uh, for Dirk Don. Now, here's the only thing, though. I don't know. Uh, again, I'm not a, an attorney. I have no legal training. Not formally, anyway. I mean, I've watched some, uh, you know, uh, like uh, Jenny and I, have. you know, we watch uh, Boston Legal uh, sometimes. Great show if you've never seen it. I'll tell you what. People think uh, Captain Kirk is uh, the greatest role that William Shatner has ever played. I say Denny Crane is uh, the greatest. But, um, although I love uh, I love him as uh, Captain Kirk. But uh, but I'm not sure, I'm not sure that Dirk uh, volunteering to step in, that legally that absolves EZG of his obligation. I'm not sure about that. His obligation, which as we have established, is airtight. I mean, there's just no, that is legally binding and there is... Uh, uh, no getting out of it. Right, Texas Mike? Remember that time uh, you said you were going to do something on the air and then you didn't want to and we were like, oh, you have to now and then you did it. You, remember that? Trying to remember what it was. Oh, it, it happened. Just trust me. So I think, uh, you know, EZG uh, finds himself in a, a, a similar uh, position. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Eric Pilcher says Texas Mike just wants to be Dirk's brother-in-law. Is that true? Uh, there, uh, you're, you're looking no. to you're looking to add a third to your. Uh, it's, it's down to one, actually. It's down to one, and I didn't even have to make the choice. Oh, do tell. Um, so was, spill the tea, as I believe the young the young people say that, right? So I was out with Debbie on last Friday. Last, yeah, was it last Friday night? Yeah. Last, was it Friday night? Sorry. Either last Friday or Saturday night. Mm-hmm. We went, uh, it was, it was Saturday night. Yes. Yeah, so, um, we had a nice dinner and then we enjoyed the producers at, um, the, produ- the producers play at, um, at the palace. And then uh-huh. I, I escorted her home and then. Once I got home, we were talking, and then she finally said that she's been seeing somebody since um, October. <gasps> really? Yes. Oh. You must have felt like Scumpy felt when he was disinvited from Retro Spectrum Radio. I was, I was, uh, I'm happy for her. Good. Well, that, my friend, is very mature. You're a good man, Texas Mike. Wait, she'd been seeing somebody since when? October. October? And she's just telling you now? Hmm. Yes. I wouldn't have been so happy for her. But, uh, but, uh, but you're, uh, you're a good man, Texas Mike. And, you know, uh, it's probably for the best, right? I mean, uh, isn't it a little... Uh, I, I would think it would be less stressful. I, I mean, monogamy has its rewards, does it not? I'm not going to comment. Well, okay. <laughs> very good. Very good. Uh, 603-250-6007 is the number to call. 603 250 Six oh oh seven. Uh let's see. Um <laughs> Chris Rose joins us in the chat room from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Hello, Chris. Uh Crystal joins us from the great state of Illinois. Says uh reminds me of an old CSI episode, creepy perp demanded to be treated like an infant. Oh yes, referring to uh Easy G. Uh if you're just joining us, by the way, uh Easy G has been uh has entered a, a legally binding uh, contract uh, to be uh, pushed in a baby carriage by Rocky Huber to raise money for charity. Um, let's see. Uh, Rocky Huber says, uh, oh, okay, it's not in a baby carriage. Peter says 
it's going to be in a wheelchair. Oh, that's different. Well, okay. Well, that's uh, not quite as exciting. Let's see. Uh, we've got Ron on the line. Hello, Ron. Yes. Hello there. I uh, hope I'm not upsetting the person that said, let's play a game and, and don't answer Ron's phone calls. Ha ha. But that's okay. Mikey, I'm so sorry to hear your thing, your relationship thing, but you're right. You're right. You did. You handled it well. Um, what if she should break up with that other guy? Would you reconsider going out with her again? She, she'll always be a friend, and we'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, you're, That's great. You're a good man, Texas Mike. You're a good man. That's why all the women love you, because look at you. You're a good man, good-looking, looking beef, actually. Looking a little rugged over there. Oh. Uh, Mikey, uh, I don't know how I feel about this, uh, but I think Ron's uh, Ron's kind of hitting on you a little bit there. I know he is. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm just saying he's he's really looking dapper. He's got that's, that hat and the beard and everything. I, there's nothing I, I, I can see the attraction out there. Mm. Hey, I'm wicked looking forward to tonight's show, your show, tonight's show, and all of the above. That's pretty good. And um, just real fast, and I guess it's, it's nothing to you, no news to you, but I was playing around on the YouTube yesterday, and I... I was looking up, you know, different stuff about Angus Young and this and that. Mm-hmm. And at some point, um, they talked about Ace Freely, and I didn't know it, and I'm sure you did, but he had a um, a birth defect with his ear. Did you know that? Uh, Paul Stanley did. Unless Ace also Paul did. Paul Stanley it. did. That's correct. Yeah. 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 Paul's formed ear. Paul Stanley. Yeah. He had. A, I forget what it's called. It starts with a P, I think. But yes, he was. Uh, Paul Stanley was born with a deformed ear. Um, you know, once he uh, became a musician and he started growing his hair out, he was able to hide it. But Paul Stanley has never uh, in his life heard anything in stereo because he had the ear surgically repaired cosmetically so that it looks like his other ear, but but he never uh, had it repaired, or I don't know if they can even do that. You, you never know with the technology now. But uh, yeah, that is true. I didn't even know that until maybe about 10 or 11 years ago. But yeah, Paul Stanley of Kiss, he he can only hear out of one ear because he was born uh with a deformed ear. Yeah, no kidding. Jeez, yeah, see. That's I, they didn't even go into that detail. I didn't know that mm-hmm. he could only hear out of one in the stereo pot, so Yes. But uh yeah, all right. I'm gonna wrap this phone call up, but uh I'm definitely looking forward to tonight's show. Did I hear that it might get started early because the guy that usually comes in at six o'clock isn't gonna be there? No, no, I don't know anything about Paul's show starting early. I don't think I don't think so. But um, but we will be going because usually on Fridays, if Rob is on live right after me, we kind of do a changeover where I wrap up the talking a little bit early and we play some music to kind of be the bridge from this show to that show to give Rob a chance to get settled in because we only have the one uh, studio here live. So um, because our shows are back to back, but on weeks when Rob is pre-recorded, I can go right up to six. And and I don't have to worry about doing a changeover. I just go up to six and then switch it. Now, how many people are going to be there tonight? I mean, like, because I was going to, I was still kind of contemplating sending over a pizza, but I mean, one pizza is probably not enough if there's that many mouths, right? Yeah, I mean, we've got uh, uh, Paul, me, uh, Dan, Steve, and of course Peter White, our special guest. If I, if I order it, you pick it up. You know, leave it up to you. Yeah, I can uh, I can go get it. Yeah, I'll take care of that. What's a good time when you'd like to have it ready for? Um, probably uh like six fifteen. All right, I'll do that. And the only reason I'm doing it is 
I'm excited about the show. Wish I could be there, but obviously, you know, it's a little room, a lot of things going on, and yeah, I'll be happy to listen to it. And uh, I don't know, I just think your whole station is wicked cool. Glad to be part of it. Oh, thank you, Ron. Well, we love you, my friend. Thank you so much. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the usual, and then the other one is just gonna be a, a regular. Oh, that's fantastic! Thank you, Ron. Very generous. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, so you got it, man. And then I'll just go. Uh, I'll just uh, scoot over to Elm House. Okay, perfect. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Ron. It'll be on the mat. Okay. All bye-bye. right. Beautiful. Bye bye. All right. That was our friend Ron. He takes good care of us. We love Ron. He's uh, a very supportive listener of uh, of all the shows here at WMNH, and, uh, and and very generous too. And we appreciate that. Uh, that opens up a line for you: 603-250-6007, 603 250-6007. You can text me at 617-917-4476. Tweet me at Matt Connerton or uh, uh, let's see. You can email me at matt at mattconnerton.com. But the best thing to do is give us a call at 603-250-6007. And of course, you can talk to us in the Facebook live chat as well. Uh, let's see. Oh, Ed Murphy joins us in the Facebook live chat. Uh, we haven't seen Ed in there in a while. Hello, Ed. Um, and if I, if I haven't told you, congratulations on your, uh, I know, um, you and Ellie are engaged now. I mean, they're not already married, right, Mikey? They're still engaged. Engaged and married in October. In October. Very nice. Very nice. Congratulations. Yeah, that's going to be a, that's going to be an excellent wedding. I cannot wait. I got my, save the date for it already. So very good. Very good. Uh, let's see. Uh, Melanie says, uh, I'm all for fetishes, but I am not. Uh, oh, but I am going to go out on a limb and say Easy is not into diapers. Well, it doesn't matter. He already committed to it. Right, Mikey? Right. He already committed. Um, <laughs> she says, well, we all know Dirk would be into that. Well, yeah, Dirk Dirk actually sounded very um, enthusiastic about the idea. Very enthusiastic. Um Dirk, Melanie says, Dirk in a diaper. Isn't that just called Wednesday night? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Miriam Banish joins us in the Facebook live chat. Miriam agrees with me. Denny Crane is the best. Yes, Denny Crane, great character on uh, Boston Legal. Um, let's see. I just want to make sure we don't uh, miss anybody in here. Uh, Melanie says, I will be writing <laughs> writing her a very strongly worded letter referring to your uh, your ex, uh, Debbie. But I think it's wonderful that you're being so mature about it. Uh, Dirk says, put me in the wheelchair, boss. Oh, my goodness. Um, Rocky says, hey, Mike, remember the time she made you call me to tell me to erase all the pics I took of you guys? I think she didn't want her real boyfriend to see them. That's a lie. That's fake. Oh, Rocky's trying to start some trouble. Yes, he is. Like mm. always. Uh, like always, that guy. But we love him. Yes. Yes, we do, of course. Um, <laughs> and Rocky says, thanks for not giving up like Easy G does. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, well, well. Uh, let's see. Melanie says, love is such a strong word. You sure you want to go with it? <laughs> Uh, Dirk says, it's not that I'm enthusiastic about wearing a diaper. I just have a Messiah complex. Oh, well. Oh, yes. Well, we know 
we know someone else who does uh, the the jealous one yeah. from uh, from New York. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, he. Uh, it's funny. He's now he's been talking about Glenn R. J. Willett, the people's mayor, has even made it into his videos, and he's been saying that Glenn looks like the Gorton's fisherman, which actually is kind of true. I think. Uh, let's see. So we've got a little bit of time before we uh, hit the top of the hour for. Uh, Eric's uh, Film Review, if you'd like to chime in, 603-250-6007, If you were just joining us and you were expecting uh, John Hopwood, uh, he was not able to make it in today. He was very apologetic, but uh, but we will, uh, we will see him again soon, I'm sure. But I did have something that I wanted to discuss with him. And uh, I wanted to kind of pick up on our the, the way we ended the show last week. So if you were listening to uh, last Friday's Matt Connerton Unleashed, and I and I you know we'll have to uh, carry on with this without him. We'll just uh, touch on it now, and then we'll uh, we'll continue it after Eric's film review of uh, Big Trouble in Little China. But um, you know we were talking about obviously uh, with things uh, the way they are with the Russian invasion into Ukraine and a lot of the rhetoric. Uh, coming from Putin and other Russian officials, and even on Russian state television, um, they've been, I mean, it's gotten bizarre. You know, of course, they just get whatever the Kremlin tells them is okay to say is what they say, and that's all the news that they're allowed uh, to disseminate out to the public. But uh, apparently there was one program where they were actually openly discussing uh, uh, hitting uh, New York City. The Russians, uh, you know, these Russian commentators, these talking heads on their uh, television were talking about hitting New York City with a nuclear bomb. And and I guess they're just sort of casually discussing it. And, you know, so this type of thing has caused a lot of people to be alarmed. And I've even heard uh, some journalists like uh, David Ignatius on MSNBC talking about this being a similar situation to the Cuban Missile Crisis and just a lot of. Um, uh, no, I didn't say that, Rocky. <laughs> Rocky in the chat room. I'm not going to read that comment, but that is funny. Uh, but, uh, you know, um, and and I I just want to say, <laughs> like I said, we'll get into it a little deeper later, but um, I, I absolutely disagree with anyone who says that this is anything like the Cuban mis- Missile Crisis. It's not even close. Uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis, you know, I, 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 uh, I enjoy history and anything Cold War related is very interesting to me and i think that's part of why i have been so consumed and thereby this program has been so consumed with the russian invasion into ukraine it's um we talk about this lately far more than anything else and granted it's dominated the media uh in the macro anyway um there's a lot of other interesting things happening that we could and probably should be talking about but this has certainly consumed the media and it's consumed me because anything related to the Cold War is fascinating to me. And uh, to me, the most fascinating moment in all of history, for me personally, has always been the Cuban Missile Crisis. I'm glad I wasn't alive when it happened, because I wouldn't have wanted to live through that and the stress of it and what it must have been like. Um, you know, as a Gen Xer, I did grow up in the 80s, and and uh, I had—obsession um, is too strong a word, but a, a, a preoccupation. I had a very unhealthy preoccupation with the threat of nuclear war. And of course that, as it did for uh, probably most people that receded after the end of the, uh, or what we thought was the end of the cold war and the disillusion of the Soviet union. And, um, but uh, you know, but I'm glad I wasn't around for the Cuban missile crisis. Um, but this, this isn't that. And 
uh, and the, the thing that uh, John Hopwood and I disagreed on at the end of the show last week was, um, you know, because Rob Azevedo was here too. He, he came in at the end uh, as, as he usually does on Fridays. We won't see him this week because he's not doing his show live. But, um, you know, he was talking about his, his worry about the threat of a nuclear confrontation between the United States and Russia. And, um, and, you know, and I, I said, look, it's, it's not going to happen. It's, it's, you know, I mean, it's always possible, but it always has been possible. And there have been close calls that some that hardly anyone knows about, but if you do the research, you'll learn about some of them. And those are the ones that we do know about the ones that you can actually research. I'm sure there's some that are still secret, you know, even after the Cold War, these nukes are still out there. Uh, Russia has the largest stockpile of nuclear weapons in the world. So in terms of uh, of a nuclear exchange with Russia or with another foreign power, with China, with North Korea, with, you know, the wolf is always at the door. That never changes. And just because we go years and years without thinking about it and we fall and we fell into, I, you know, what I have have always called a post-Cold War complacency doesn't mean that the threat has ever gone away. Not really. The wolf is always at the door. But um, that aside, uh, again, I believe that the threat of even, even with all this escalatory rhetoric coming from Putin and, and, and others uh, on the Russian side, I believe the the threat of us actually getting into a nuclear confrontation with the Russians remains infinitesimally small. Now, maybe it's a little less infinitesimal than it was, but it's still infinitesimally small. In other words, guys, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Now, John Hopwood, um, and if he does happen to be listening, I think he's probably occupied uh, based on our conversation earlier. But if he does happen to be listening, I'm sure the phone's going to ring and he's going to call and tell me why I'm wrong. But um, but he seemed to have a almost a polar opposite, a diametrically opposed uh, uh, opposite. Uh, that's redundant, diametrically opposed opposite. But <laughs> and a, a, a very much an opposing viewpoint. And his attitude seemed to be, no, of course we're going to have a nuclear war. It, it's inevitable. It's going to happen, and we're all about to die. That, that was his attitude about it. Can't stop it. <laughs> Armageddon is nigh. Um, I mean, he didn't literally say that, but that was the vibe he was putting out there. And I'm like, no, dude, seriously, it's not going to happen. Let's all calm down. Uh, Miriam says in the chat, I was an infant during the Cuban Missile Crisis, and as a teen and young adult... I was very anxious about the potential for nuclear war. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's, it's, there are several reasons why I just think we need to, uh, you know, I, I understand the rhetoric is scary. Uh, Putin, in, in some ways, the way he talks now, it reminds me of the way Kim Jong-un of North Korea talks sometimes. You know, Kim Jong-un, he talks, you know, we, I mean... He hasn't talked that much lately. There's been some missile tests, but there hasn't been as much talk as there has been in the past. But, you know, he's said things in the past like we have a big red button and, you know, we might have to uh, kill everybody, you know, whatever. I mean, there's some very colorful language that comes out of North Korea sometimes. Um, but, uh, you know, unless I'll expand on this uh, 
in the second hour. But unless you really think, and I suppose it's possible, if you really believe that Putin has completely lost his mind, then that would be an issue. And 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 some people think that. I remember when the when the uh, invasion first happened. I think we're at 65 days now, 65, 66 days into this. So it's been over two months. But when the invasion first happened, I remember uh, an opinion writer for, I think, Newsweek wrote a column titled something like, um, Putin is facing death, so he's decided to blow up the world. And it was, and the, the premise of the article being this writer's premise, I can't remember who wrote it, but he uh, was suggesting that, you know, the rumors are true about Putin's health being bad. Now he's at the end of his life. You know, he is almost 70 in a country where men only live to be on average 72. So uh, Russian life expectancy isn't great. So, um, so this uh, author was suggesting that, uh, yeah, Putin's at the end of his run. And so he's decided to just blow up the world on his way out the door. Now, that's that's one individual's opinion, and I'm sure there's people who share that opinion, but that doesn't seem to be what most people think. Most people think, you know, Putin's probably been planning this for a while. He's probably still fundamentally a rational actor. I mean, granted, it's irrational to invade Ukraine. I understand that. But a rational actor in the sense that not actually crazy, um, just uh, having incredibly poor judgment. But look, guys, he's not doing all this, going through all of this, invading Ukraine or attempting to invade Ukraine and uh, and then trying to course correct and all of what he's doing, which I'm sure is, uh, I'm, I'm sure if he could go back in time <laughs> and, and undo this, he would. But because obviously he's in, so far over his head and he drastically underestimated Ukrainian resolve and the resolve of the rest of the world and the resolve of NATO and the resolve of the United States. He um, he's made just bad judgment on top of bad judgment on top of bad judgment. Um, but he's not doing all this just to, at the end of it, blow everything up. Doesn't make sense. Um, and one other thing I would add before we get to uh, the, the film review is, and again, we can expand on this in the second hour, but anybody who's, anybody who's listening to me, well, actually, two things I want to tell you quickly. Anybody who's listening to me who has been worried about this, two things I want to say. Number one, just know, and I hopefully you know I have a bond of trust with my audience, just know. I'm being sincere when I say this. I don't want anyone to think this is false optimism. I'm trying to put a happy face on it. No, I really do believe this. Am I concerned? Of course I'm concerned, but I'm not worried. I really, really am convinced it's just not going to happen, number one. But number two, the other thing I want people to understand is, unless there's something we're not being told, um, there has been no... Going back to the beginning of when Putin first started to rattle the nuclear saber and start with the threats... There's been no, and we would see it through satellite imagery, there's been no mobilization, no unusual movements of nuclear forces in that part of the world. So, in other words, when Putin first started uh, making his little comments about the potential for using nukes, there was no, uh, we didn't see, American intelligence didn't see, for example, Russian planes being loaded with nuclear-tipped bombs <laughs> and then putting those planes in the air 
you know, in case they wanted to drop a nuke on somebody. In other words, nothing changed. The only thing that changed was Putin said, we're elevating the threat level. They said lowering drug prices was a fight we couldn't win. The big drug companies have billions of dollars and an army of lobbyists. But AARP stood with our 38 million members and forced the drug companies to lower drug prices. It's a victory for all Americans. But Big Pharma won't give up, so neither will AARP. Join our fight at aarp.org slash fierce defender. That's aarp.org slash fierce defender. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. We're uh, elevating our uh, nuclear, uh, whatever they call it. You know, we call it, uh, we have NORAD and, and they have DEFCON. Uh, I don't remember what DEFCON. Oh, that's also the name of the band Scumpy used to be in, uh, coincidentally. Uh, who will not be there tonight on Retrospection Radio. But anyway, <laughs> but um, we didn't see anything. There was no mobilization of nuclear weapons. So that would tend to indicate that it's a lot of talk. It's a lot of bluster. And the Biden administration made absolutely the correct decision to not, because then people were asking the president, people were asking Jen Psaki, will there be an escalation on our end then? They have increased their threat level. Will we increase ours to match theirs. And I think the president made the right call and said, no, we don't see any reason to do that. Uh, them doing that doesn't make any sense. There's no threat from us. NATO is a defensive force. It's not like we're going to attack them. There's no reason for them to do that. So we're not going to do that. And I think that was absolutely 100% the right call, because if we had done that, that might be perceived as escalatory by them. And there's just no reason to do that. That does ratchet up the, the, uh, the tensions. But I think the Biden administration's choice to say, no, they can uh, ratchet up their threat level, but we're going to play it smart, play it cool, and just say, well, we're we're not worried. We're not any more worried than we were, at least. So um, so we're going to hold steady on that. And I think that was uh, I think that was the right thing. All right. It is just a little bit after the top of the hour. So let's get to this. So, of course, if you're just joining us, it is Friday. Which means uh, we have Eric Pilcher's classic film review, as we do every Friday afternoon. And this has become a very popular feature on the show. This week, the subject is Big Trouble in Little China. So uh, let's give this a listen. And then we'll, uh, after that, we'll show some love to our amazing sponsors. And then we'll be back with the remainder of our show. I do want to uh, get into this subject a little bit more in the second hour. And hopefully my optimism is contagious if anyone out there is feeling nervous. And uh, I do have some uh, some things to back that up. <laughs> Tony Petrello in the Facebook live chat says, DEFCON sounds like the name of a high school band. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, well, we know Scumpy doesn't listen to the show because he says he's in Concord. He can't hear the show, so he won't. Uh, apparently, he doesn't know. You can just listen online. Anyway, uh, so let's uh, give this a listen. This is Eric Pilcher's classic film review, Big Trouble in Little China. This is Jack Burton in the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. 
that's a pretty amazing planet we live on here. And a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe. There is a hidden world where ancient evil weaves a modern mystery. What's going on here? Is this some kind of... Magic. The darkest magic. They call it Little China. Finally, we shall bring order out of chaos. It's where big trouble was waiting for Jack Burton. Who? Jack Burton. Me. Jack. Jack. Jack! They told him to go to hell. He made one move. And that's just where he's going. Somebody, I don't care who, tell me what is going on. Mysteries, many unanswerable questions, even in a life as short as yours. <clears throat> my destiny rests in your capable hands. Hey, I'll do my best. Take Cracker Jack timing, Wang. One, two, three. We may be trapped. Total concentration. Safety. Oh, yeah. You ready, Jack? I was born ready. Way to go, Jack. Jack Burton's coming to rescue your summer. Hey, what more can a guy ask for? 20th Century Fox presents Kurt Russell in John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. It's on the reflexes. The 1980s is considered by many to be the golden age of action cinema. You had the Terminator and Conan the Barbarian, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sylvester Stallone was punching and shooting his way through theaters as Rocky Balboa in John Rambo. Chuck Norris was James Braddock in the Braddock series. And you had Harrison Ford as archaeologist Indiana Jones, among many others. The hero in this week's film is lesser known, but is no less a hero than the ones I just listed. Big Trouble in Little China is directed by action and horror film legend John Carpenter. The film stars Kurt Russell as truck driver Jack Burton. Burton gets dragged into helping his friend battle an ancient sorcerer to rescue his fiancée after his truck, the Porkchop Express, is stolen by the Three Storms and their leader, the mythical in evil Lopan. What makes Russell's performance as Burton memorable is the delivery of every line. Burton is a man with simple ambitions. Drive his truck and make money. No matter the situation, in this film, 
Russell does an exemplary job of delivering his lines to match the situation. In our first clip, we hear Burton frustrated about his truck missing. Notice Burton's zero concern over the supernatural being that he has encountered, his mythical clan, and the issues plaguing his friend who has had his fiance. Mutual fidelity insurers of Sacramento. Yeah, well, there's gotta be a listing, honey. I pay him six Gs a year in premiums. China is here, Mr. Burton. Yeah, go ahead, all right. The Chan scene. Yeah, okay. The Wing Kong. They've been fighting for centuries. What does that mean? Huh? China is here? I don't even know what the hell that means. All I know is this Lopan character comes out of thin air in the middle of a goddamn alley while his buddies are flying around on wires cutting everybody to shreds and he just stands there waiting for me to drive my truck straight through him with light coming out of his mouth? Jack, please. Hello. Yeah, when okay. did this happen? Yeah, okay, it didn't, on. Uncle Chu. Not like he says. Yeah, it did, Uncle Chu. Two hours ago. Tall guy, weird clothes. First you see him, then you don't. Yeah, is this just a switchboard? I mean, is there an agent Hong there appeared on, on the street? I can barely hear Chi, why didn't you tell me? I didn't want to alarm you, Uncle. Look, I'm going to tell you about an accident. I don't want to hear act of God, okay? All right, look. What's your name? Mine's Jack Burton. Good afternoon, Mr. Wall. Eddie Lee, meet my dear friend Jack Burton. Eddie's a new major D here at the Blackpool. And a whole lot more. Well, I don't know my policy number. It's in the glove compartment. Just just look under B-U-R-T-O-N, will you Jack please? Burton. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Boy, the guy you always tell me about, huh? Give me that again, will you? I was, I was talking. Then that was your abandoned truck. You abandoned like hell. Yeah, hello. Hello. Ha, 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 Christ. Bad news. The Lords of Death stole it after you ran away. They stole my truck. Uh-huh. Take it easy, Jack. You're with friends. We'll find it for you. You're damn right you will, Wang. And my money. And time is money to a guy like me. And your phone is dead, by the way. How do you think I feel, Jack? I lost the whole girl. The Lords of Death, they were only on the stupid joyride, see? Not acting on any orders from the Wing Kong. They just wanted a girl to sell. And Miao Yin got in the way. Plus, I found out the skirmish you guys stumbled into. Lopan, the word is, ordered the boss of the Chang Sing, Mr. Lem Lee, assassinated. That was his funeral. It was a war, Eddie. What are you doing here? Don't panic. It's only me, Gracie Law. Oh, great. Uh, I just happened to be in the neighborhood on a dark and stormy night. This is my neighborhood. Well, sure it was a war. And anybody that showed up was going to join Lem Lee in the hell of being cut to pieces. Hell of being what? Chinese have a lot of help. And what the hell is Gracie Law doing here? She can't get enough of me. Huh, he wishes. Look, you know me. I'm always poking my nose where it doesn't belong. And as a result, I admit it, this mix-up is my fault, sort of. But I've got it on good advice that those punks that jumped me and ripped off his truck, the girl they kidnapped, they took over to the White Tigers for a quick sale. Who was she? My fiance. The White Tigers? Oh, God, I'm sorry. If we get over there tonight fast, maybe we can buy her back. A search warrant's too complicated. Violence out of the question. Hold it. Hold it. Slow down. I'm feeling a little like an outsider here. You are. Jack, listen. I need more of your help. I can't pay you today, okay? Oh, shit. How can I? I need all my cash for Mao Yin. And it's gonna cost. She's got green eyes. Oh, no. Seriously? Well, that's an extra to these people. It's like leather bucket seats. It's double the price. What people? Look, the slow pan I ran over through... Has spirit medium powers, like the immortals. His flesh and his bones are atomized. He becomes a dream. What? That's an exaggeration, Jack. I promise. Please, help me, okay? I got a great idea. 
most good action films to be successful, although there are a few exceptions, need a damsel in distress. This film gives us two. First, Burton's friend Wang's fiance, who is captured to be Lopan's wife to break a curse that has befallen him, that will be explained shortly, because of her dragon green eyes, and lawyer Gracie Law, played by Kim Cattrall, who is Burton's love interest through this film. When viewing this film, one notices there is an exceptional dialogue and chemistry between these two, as heard in our first clip when they interact near the end. In our next two clips, we will hear the first encounter between the evil sorcerer Lopan, Burton, and Wang. Then we will hear an interaction between Gracie and Burton after Jack rescues her from being wed to Lopan. My problem is this place. This place is my tomb. I'm buried here. A young man, a king, a warrior, is entombing this old man's crippled body. And all I need is a woman, Mr. Burton. A special kind of woman with dragon green eyes to make me whole again, young again, that I may rule the universe from beyond this grave. Qingdai, the god of the east. Who, him? This guy? No, not me, Mr. Burton. My demon, the god I must appease in order to regain my heart, my blood. For a girl with green eyes satisfy Qingdai, a girl brave enough to embrace the naked blade. And when I find her, I will marry her. Never! Then Qingdai will be happy and my curse will be lifted. You can go off and rule the universe from beyond the grave. Indeed! Or check into a psycho war, whichever comes first, huh? Jack, will you... Jack! What? I'm supposed to buy this? Two thousand years and he can't find one broad to fit the bill? Come on, Dave. You must be doing something seriously wrong. There have been others, to be sure. There are always others, are there not? You seem to be one who know the difficulties between men and women, how seldom it works out. Yet, we all keep trying like fools. <laughs> and now, our second clip. Yeah. Oh, it's me, Grace. You all right? Never mind me. We gotta get Lopan. Where is he? Wait! Come on. Lopan's office. It's cooler up there from, from there we can... Do you have a gun, I hope? I have a knife. A knife? This guy's 12 feet tall! Seven. Hey, don't worry. I can handle him. I took something. I can see things no one else can see. Why are you dressed like that? I... I, I was getting married. He, he was marrying both of us just because... Uh, my eyes are green, too. I guess. I mean... This film is an eclectic array of film genres. 
it could be labeled as action. It could be labeled as adventure. It could be labeled as sci-fi and fantasy or even a comedy. It takes all of these genres and rolls it into a beautiful film. The performances by Russell Cattrall, James Hong as Lopan, and Dennis Dunn as Wang make this an excellent 99-minute audience-friendly popcorn and soda-fueled romp. Sadly, the audiences upon release did not feel the same way. The film was a major financial failure. It only made $11 million in theaters against a budget estimated to be in the range of 19 to $25 million. Even more tragic, it marked the end of the major studio career of Carpenter, as after the massive failure of this film, he struggled to get major film financing and had to return to independent filmmaking. Regardless of those facts, this film is worthy of a viewing. It has something for cinephiles of any degree. It is worthy of its cult classic status, and in my opinion, demanding of so much more accolades. I hope you join me next week when we take a look at the 1967 film, and in my opinion, the film with the greatest soundtrack ever, The Graduate. Before we go, though, let's hear some parting words from old Jack Burton on the Pork Chop Express. You just listen to the old Pork Chop Express here now and take his advice on a dark and stormy night when the lightning's crashing and the thunder's rolling and the rain's coming down and sheets thick as lead. Just remember what old Jack Burton does when the earth quakes and the poison arrows fall from the sky and the pillars of heaven shake. Yeah, Jack Burton just looks that big old storm right square in the eye and he says, give me your best shot, pal. I can take it. For WMNH and Matt Connerton Unleashed, this has been a classic film review with Eric Pilcher. Come on down to the Hop Knot at 1000 Elm Street, Manchester's premier craft beer and gourmet pretzel bar. Tell us more, Trudy. We make our dough fresh every day. We make a variety of styles of pretzels and serve craft beer, cocktails, and a few bottles of wine. We do the traditional pretzel, and we have multiple flavors for that. We also do stuffed pretzels, pretzel sandwiches, free dessert pretzels, and pretzel knots. The Hop Knot in the Brady Sullivan Plaza at 1000 Elm Street. Bring your kitchen to life with Queen City Cabinetry, located at 87 Elm Street in the historic Sunbeam Mall in Manchester. Open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. and Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. They can be reached at 603-222-2007 or on the web at queencitycabinetrynh.com. Come see the possibilities. Queen City Cabinetry, another proud sponsor of WMNH. Clemento's Pizzeria, family friendly, awesome for a date night. Clemento's Pizzeria, for delivery call 603-782-8450. Clemento's Pizzeria, the best pizza in town. 
1675 South Willow Street in Manchester, New Hampshire. Best cocktails around. Come in as friends and leave as family. This hour on WMNH is sponsored by CGI Business Solutions, located at 5 Dartmouth Drive in Auburn. They serve all your business needs, including employee benefits planning, corporate design and business administration, investments and wealth management, and customized business insurance solutions. Their phone number is 866-841-4600 or on the web at cgibusinesssolutions.com. WMNH, rip the knob off. And he's making it sound like he's the nice guy. Welcome, everybody. We are well in hour number two, Numero Dose of Matt Connerton Unleashed. And we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester. And hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe. You can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, etc., etc. Texas Mike is here as well at the news desk. Yeehaw! <laughs> wow, that was a high one. And uh, Ron is on the phone. Hello, Ron. Yeah, hi, Matt. Um, I I thought I could just do this over the phone and make it easy. Um, when you get there, you're going to have to sign. It will be paid for. You're going to have to just sign for it. And I said, well, I want to add a five dollar tip. And um, so if it's if 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 it's not there, if the five dollar tip is not added, just throw in five dollars, and that's what I wanted to do. But other than that, it'll be ready under your name for six fifteen, and uh, I told him get you some plates and some uh, silverware. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I said I told him this is from the radio station. I said you might get a little, uh, you know, shout out from the radio station. So she said, oh, yeah, that's cool. So oh, very that's good. All. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we always post on social media too that uh, you know that it came from Elm House, and uh, you know we uh, we love Tim Baines. There you go. So very good. No, I'm we- excited. No, we're, we're excited, Ron. Thank you so much, my friend. All right, that's it for me. All right, brother. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. All right, that was our friend uh, Ron. Yes, Tim Baines. My name is Tim Baines. Today I'm excited. Yes, he's very excited. We uh, we actually celebrated uh, a number of weeks ago. We celebrated our five-year anniversary of Matt Connerton Unleashed here at WMNH over at uh, Elm House uh, of Pizza there. Uh, got to see uh, the great Tim Baines there. Uh, speaking of food... I do want to remind you, of course, that we are proudly sponsored by the Hop Knot in the Brady Sullivan right across the street. Uh, Kenny posted uh, this up today on social media. Have you tried the Veg Head pretzel pizza yet? The pizza features pesto, mozzarella cheese, tomatoes, onions, and mushrooms. Come and try one tonight while listening to some live music by Jim Dozette. Uh, of course, every Friday night they have live music at the Hop Knot. 
Um, they've got a lot going on there every week, in fact. Wednesday nights is industry night there. Thursday nights, very popular feature. Trivia night, hosted by the great Bill Sini. Uh, Bill uh, does trivia on the morning show on Wednesdays, and then Thursday nights he is at the Hop Knot. Very popular feature there. Uh, Friday nights, of course, they have live music. Jim uh, Dozette is performing there tonight. Uh, so tomorrow they are only open to the public until 5 p.m. because beginning at 7 p.m. they've got the all-black soiree, and that is to raise money for the big Juneteenth celebration this year, which is June 19th, I think. Uh, really looking forward to that. Uh, Juneteenth was a very big deal last year at the Hop Knot. They really did it right and got a lot of other local businesses involved. And, you know, Kenny is really good about that and the staff there about networking with the local community, with other businesses. And um, this year is going to be huge. So really looking forward to that. That was a lot of fun last year. And uh, this year is going to be great, too. So we love the Hop Knot. Uh, great food, great service, and a wonderful family that owns and operates it. And uh, for those just joining us, uh, Mikey, you were at the Hop Knot earlier before the show. And what did you get? I got the spin, which is a stuffed pretzel with um, spinach and artichoke dip. And I had a lemonade as well. Very nice. Very nice. By the way, what's on your shirt? Um, this is from a event I volunteered at a couple years ago. Um like um it's it was a political um slow pit softball game and all the proceeds went to the um Liberty the Liberty House here in Manchester. So I volunteered volunteered at that game for a couple of years. Oh, very nice. Excellent, excellent. No, it looked like a new shirt. At least I, I don't think I've seen it before. You you have not. Oh, okay. Very good. Very good. And uh what's uh what's on the docket for tonight for you, uh Texas Mike? I'm still not sure. Like, you're uh, you're such a man about town. I, I'm I'm so I still haven't decided yet because Mister Cats are playing at six forty five. Um, I'm not I'm not sure. I know I'm working all day tomorrow. So yeah yeah got um got snoo graduations tomorrow and Sunday. Only working there tomorrow, and then um and then. My meme flies in on Tuesday for a couple weeks. Oh, yes, your meme, my biggest fan in the Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas yeah. area. Yes. Will you be bringing her by a, again this uh, visit? We will see if the timing works out because... Um, I'm sure she's dying to see me. Yeah, I think she is. Um, I know we got to... F- because she's coming up here for my sister's graduation, which is next weekend. And then... Um, She's here until the 17th, but I leave the 14th to go on my next vacation. So, ah. Yeah. And I did not plan my travel well, or I did not plan my travel well for that one. So it was going to be two exhausting travel days, I can tell you that already. Yes. Well, that's what uh, that's what uh, Red Bull is for. But I, I, to be honest, I... I don't, I don't drink Monster. I don't drink coffee. I don't do Red Bull. So well, uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm completely addicted. It's my one. Uh, it's my drug of choice. I'm completely not Red Bull. I actually don't like Red Bull either. It's uh, like drinking battery acid. I probably just blew that Red Bull sponsorship I've been working on. But uh, no, but I am addicted to caffeine very much. So yeah. So we're completely like, like, and I rarely do soda. Only time I have soda is if it's, if it's in an alcohol drink. Yeah. So it's like. And people wonder how I function. It's like you you do all this without cough. You do you do do this without any energy drinks or whatnot. I'm like, yeah, it, it, and 
And it's no, a, that's good. And, and it surprises people. Yeah, yeah. No, that's excellent. Yeah, good for you. You know what it is? Uh, you've got, uh, you, you are able to store energy in your beard. Yes. You got that big beard. You store all your energy there. You probably have a battery in there you're not even telling us about. Nope. Okay. Well, I don't know. With all this modern technology, uh, uh, 603-250-6007 is the number to call if you'd like to join us. 603-250-6007. We, all go, we are going uh, right up to uh, 6 p.m. today. Uh, there is no... Um, Rob Azevedo's show, Grand State of Mind, uh, is pre-recorded this week, so we'll be going right up to 6 p.m. with this program, and then, of course, you'll get to hear uh, this week's Grand State of Mind with the great Rob Azevedo, and then... Tonight, from 7.30 to 10 p.m., it is Retro Spectrum Radio with Paul E.C., and I will be here for that as well, as I'm one of Paul's co-hosts on that show, along with our friends Dan Randlett and DJ Steve. And tonight, we have a very special guest, joined by the morning man himself, Peter White, of The Morning Show with Peter White, will be joining us tonight on Retro Spectrum Radio. Uh, Peter has been with us before on Retro Spectrum Radio, but not on the WMNH iteration of the program. Not since the show has been here at WMNH 95.3 has Peter been on. So tonight's going to be a lot of fun, and I am really looking forward to that. Uh, and there's going to be some Brady Bunch trivia, uh, trivia and uh, Paul E.C.'s Baker's Dozen, and uh, this is going to be really cool. And there, there might be some other surprises too. But uh, And, of course, uh, we're going to have Elm House Pizza that uh, Ron is, uh, has been kind enough to order up for us, and uh, we appreciate that. Very much as well, but uh, 603-250-6007 is the number to call. And um, I see uh, Eric Street has joined us in the Facebook live chat and says, I heard the Elm Street carriage ride money is going toward the HOPE program. Do you know anything about that, Texas Mike? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Studies show that people who can count to five without saying one or three can also enjoy the new 245 breakfast deal at Hardee's with made-from-scratch biscuits. Bite into this deal only at Hardee's. Feed your happy. Tax not included. Available for a limited time at participating Hardee's restaurants. Price and participation may vary. Um, I've heard, I've heard whole program, I've heard George Eric's We Way for Life campaign. Yeah. So, but I've, I've, like, like Eric said on the phone, I think it's just all a, all a joke, I think. Oh, is that what Eric, what Eric Street was referring to? The, uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought there was a separate thing. No. Oh, okay. Because I don't remember hearing about a carriage. I remember hearing about a uh, oh a baby carriage. Oh yes. Okay. Right. Right. I was. You know what it was. I was fixated on the uh, wheelchair because we had transitioned from the uh, carriage to the wheelchair. That's right. Well, I think. Uh, yes. Uh, oh yeah. Rocky Huber says he's referring to Easy's wheelchair ride. Now that is legally binding, of course. Eric was able to uh, weasel out of the uh, baby carriage uh, because uh, Dirk was willing to step in on that. Um, if you're just joining us, uh, so EZG uh, committed, uh, and it's uh, legally binding, he did commit to being uh, pushed down the street. This is to raise money for a charity, of course, to be pushed down the street uh, in a baby carriage uh, wearing a diaper by Rocky Huber. Uh, he then tried to weasel out of it, even though it is legally binding. Uh, and uh, then he uh, was changed to a, uh, a wheelchair. 
So he'll uh, be pushed in a wheelchair instead of a baby carriage, which is probably better for a variety of reasons. And I did, and Mikey was here. He witnessed it. Uh, I did speak uh, I did speak with an attorney. Uh, if you've ever heard the radio show Handle on the Law, uh, I contacted uh, Bill Handle. Uh, you know, he does offer, as he says, marginal legal advice. By the way, if you've never heard that show, you should check it out. It's a lot of fun. But uh, I did. Uh, I contacted Bill Handle, and uh, what did Bill Handle say, uh, Mikey? It's legally binding. It's legally binding. That's right. Mikey was here with me, so you know I'm not lying. So, uh, so uh, Easy G will be pushed in a wheelchair uh, by uh, Rocky Huber. Uh, but the uh, the diaper uh, uh, component of this does remain in place. So uh, very good. So we're excited about that. Uh, by the way, uh, thank you again to Eric Pilcher for sending us that great movie review of Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, always a popular segment on the show. Michael Alber in the chat room says, best movie ever made, Kim Cattrall, one of my early crushes. Uh, yes, and Mike Palapita from Queen City Cabinetry, another great sponsor here at WMNH, says, great job, Eric. Uh, and uh, let's see. Um Oh, Tony Petrello says, I love Handle on the Law. Yeah, isn't that a great show, Tony? Now, I don't know if it's, I haven't heard it in a long time, actually, so I don't know if it's still on. I assume that it is. But uh, Bill Handle is hilarious. Mm. If you've never heard the show, basically, and I think he's out of Boston, but I'm not sure, but he's syndicated. But um, he takes calls from people and uh, with, with legal questions, and some of them are... Um, some of them are, you know, sound like legitimate questions. Well, I mean, they're all legitimate. It's not like they're prank calls. That's not what I mean. But some of them sound like reasonable questions, I guess is the best way I can put it. And some of them are just like, you know, you hear the question and you go, wow, is this person really stupid? What? Um, and Bill Handel, he has a very dry sense of humor and he's very playful and he can even come off a little bit mean, but I don't think that's his intention. I think he's just trying to be funny, but his his sense of humor can be a little coarse. And um, uh, it, it's just funny. It, it's it's a fun show to listen to. Even if you have, even if it sounds boring to you, what? A show where a lawyer takes calls about legal questions? Trust me. And I'm sure Tony would agree. You have to, uh, you have to hear Handle on the Law. And he really does say his tagline is that he gives marginal uh, legal advice. Uh, Tony says, uh, it is still on and you can hear replays on iHeartRadio. Oh, that's good to know. I haven't heard the show in a few years. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I know he's been doing it for a long time. So there you go. So a little plug for a uh, handle on the law. Uh, 603-250-6007. Uh, we don't have too much time left on today's program. If you want to get in, 603-250-6007. I wanted to, uh, if you were with us before in the, uh, toward the end of the first hour, we were talking about uh, nuclear war, which is a uh, conversation that uh, people are having. Uh, They're having this discussion quite a bit on Russian uh, state-run media. Uh, You know, they're just sort of casually talking about uh, nuking uh, New York City and things like that. But, um, if you didn't hear what I was saying uh, before the uh, before we hit the top of the hour and got to Eric's film review, I was talking about how um, I still feel that the odds of a an actual full-scale nuclear confrontation between the United States and Russia or between NATO uh, and Russia is uh, infinitesimally small. And I hope that anyone who's been worried about this, I hope that my words can bring you some comfort. 
because my position is, uh, to the chagrin of John Hopwood, who disagrees with me on this, uh, but my uh, my position has been and continues to be, guys, it's just not going to happen. You know, I mean, I'm not telling you don't order iodine pills if you really want to, but um, I'm not saying that, but uh, you're not going to be able to find any anyway. I'm just telling you, I really uh, don't think it's going to happen, and it's um, perfectly reasonable to be concerned, but I would not be worried. Um, and I, I kind of got into a little bit of why uh, at the end of the uh, first hour. I feel that way and the reasons for my optimism, and it is not false optimism. It's not me trying to put a nice face on things. I just don't see, a, uh, I don't anticipate a scenario where this would occur. Now, just to kind of back up what I was saying, at the end of the first hour, when I was, uh, I think I spent about 10 minutes on it. I want to spend a little more time on this. So I have something here. Uh, this is from, uh, this is one of the newer uh, discussions online that I was able to find. This one up just today on Reuters.com. U.S. sees no threat of Russia using nuclear weapons despite rhetoric, according to an official. So here's what this article says. The United States does not believe that there is a threat of Russia using nuclear weapons despite a recent escalation in Moscow's rhetoric, a senior uh, U.S. defense official said today. This is just today. The official speaking on condition of anonymity uh, told reporters, quote, We continue to monitor their nuclear capabilities every day the best we can, and we do not assess that there is a threat of the use of nuclear weapons and no threat to NATO territory, unquote. Uh, Russian Foreign Minister uh, Sergei Lavrov said on Monday the West should not underestimate the elevated risks of nuclear conflict over Ukraine. So that's been some of the rhetoric that has been put out there. Uh, Russia said earlier this month that it plans to deploy its newly tested Sarmat intercontinental ballistic missiles capable of mounting nuclear strikes against the United States by autumn. Western concern at the risk of nuclear war increased after President Vladimir Putin launched Russia's invasion of Ukraine on February 24 with a speech in which he pointedly referred to Moscow's nuclear forces and warned that any attempt to get in Russia's way, quote, will lead you to such consequences that you have never encountered in your history, unquote. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson said this week he did not expect any further Russian military failures in Ukraine to push Putin into using tactical nuclear weapons there, saying the Russian leader had room to maneuver and end the conflict. By the way, let's stop there for just a moment, and we'll come back to this because there's more. But um, the thing about tactical nukes, now part of what is so important in this discussion is you know, when we think about using nukes, the first thing most of us think of is, of course, we think of ICBMs, intercontinental ballistic missiles that can be launched, for example, from the United States to Russia. They actually go up into space and then they come down and hit their targets in Russia or and uh, I should say I shouldn't say or I should say and because this would be happening, you know, uh, <laughs> at roughly the same time. Uh, within 30 minutes of of each other, these launches would occur. Uh, and uh, Russia launching a, uh, a, a missile uh, or a series of missiles, and they have the largest nuclear stockpile in the world, missiles from Russia that would then go up into space and land in the United States. Now, um, but there are also these things called tactical nuclear weapons. And John Hopwood uh, explained this uh, a couple of weeks ago on the show. 
in some detail. He went into some detail about it because I didn't know much about it myself, too. I've always been aware that there is such a thing as tactical nuclear weapons, but I didn't know much about them, and I've been learning a lot about them from John Hopwood and from from others. Um, so they're low yield. So in other words, you know, they're not like a, you know a, a, a nuclear missile the way we're used to thinking about it, that, you know, it hits a city and the whole thing goes up in a mushroom cloud. And so these are much smaller, um, but still devastating to the area. And the the thing about the, the tactical nukes is, so they've, they've not been used. They've never been used. I mean, the only time, the only time that uh, nuclear weapons have been used in war was when we bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and that's it. We, uh, nuclear weapons have not been used in war, uh, not not uh, large-yield nukes, not uh, these uh, small-yield tactical nukes, battlefield nukes, as they're also called. These have not been used in war, ever. So this would be a first. So Putin is really, if he does decide to even use a tactical nuke, a small-yield battlefield nuke, um, he's really crossing a Rubicon, and it, it would be a, a pretty huge step. Um, but even if he does that, that does not mean that we're now, unless he launches that on a NATO country, that doesn't mean we're suddenly at war. I mean, that's a big deal if he does that. But again, unless he attacks NATO with a tactical nuke, which unless he has completely lost his mind and has just gone totally bonkers and is suicidal, which again, I don't think most people believe that to be the case. He's not going to do that. Now, as far as using a tactical nuke within Ukraine, I think most experts at this point feel that that would be pretty unlikely because what would be the point? What they have done with conventional weapons, what the Russians have done, um, tragically, what they've accomplished is they've been decimating these cities. They have been reducing them to rubble. And I heard someone use a specific example of Mariupol, the city of Mariupol or Mariupol. Uh, I've, I've heard it pronounced... Uh, probably three or four different ways now. But um, if you look at that city, somebody pointed out that it already looks like Hiroshima or Hiroshima. Again, you can pronounce that a couple different ways. Um, it already has been decimated. What would be the point of hitting that with any size, any yield nuclear weapon? There just wouldn't be any reason to, right? Um, the only reason Putin would do that was if he wanted to if he got so frustrated and felt so backed into a corner that he thought he needed to do something really major and dramatic. But again, um, you know, that's, uh, that's not a bell you can unring once you've done that, once you have crossed that threshold of using an actual nuclear weapon. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Mac? Yes. This is John Hopwood. John Hopwood, how are you feeling? I'm feeling better, but uh, I still feel shit. Oh, not oh. Cool. Oh, oh, I almost that spawned, didn't I? You started to, yep. I hit, had to hit the Let me give yeah. you some nice things uh, where I'm at right now. Uh -huh. But I'm not there right now. I just want to say uh, uh, I still feel guilty for not showing up. That's okay. But I'm at a bar, and I'm having a Bigfoot. <laughs> okay. Are you at the I really can't hear you very well right now because <laughs> I'm in what they would call in England a public house. So uh, have a nice weekend. All right, John. And uh, I hope to see you next Wednesday. All right. Okay. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. All right, okay, John. Bye. <laughs> All right. Bye bye.
All right, that was our friend uh, John Hopwood. I'm a little uh, confused by his call, but that's okay. But it sounds like he's feeling better, so that's good. Um, so um, the only other thing, just to complete the thought about specifically about tactical nukes, the only thing I would add to what I was saying is um, the one other worry that Putin could do, and again, I think experts generally believe he won't, but if he really wanted to do something dramatic and uh, really devastating, he could, in theory, uh, use use uh, one on Kiev. Now, in other words, say, you know, I'm going to wipe out Kiev, and um, that would probably end the war, actually, if he did that uh, and end it in favor of the Russians. Um, it's, it's, it's almost... It's almost too much to contemplate um, if he were to do that. But I think if he does do anything, see, I mean, as far as like, it wouldn't make any sense, right? For to use, for example, in the Donbass region, which is part of what Putin wants here, what he's trying to secure, and he wants to connect that to uh, to Crimea. You know, using any kind of nuke of any yield in that area, not only again, it's pointless if you've already decimated an area. What are you doing? You know, you're already, you know, it's like uh, uh, breaking a, a clock that's already, there's a story, David Byrne of Talking Heads. Uh, I read this book once called This Must Be the Place. It's a, a biography of the Talking Heads. And there's a story in it about how David Byrne, who's on the autism spectrum, and maybe this played a role, he got he got so upset once at, at rehearsal because something went wrong that he actually uh, picked up and smashed a clock that already didn't work. And he chose the the clock because it was already broken and he didn't want to smash something that was functioning. But it would be like doing that, like breaking something that's already broken. And then once you've used that nuclear weapon in that area, you've rendered that area unlivable. What are you going to do with? What are you fighting for at that point? You've ruined the place. And then that radiation is going to spread. And then what, you know, there's so many unanswered questions because we haven't had to face this specific scenario. What if you do that? You've made that area uninhabitable now for God knows how many years, right? Not that Putin is afraid to send people into a place that's contaminated with radiation. We know that from from Chernobyl. Oh, yeah, just go dig some trenches in the Red Forest. Uh, dig, dig up some contaminated soil and... Uh, and then you can go off and uh, die of radiation poisoning. Um, you know, if some of that radiation, though, I mean, if, if so say, for example, he decides to use, well, anywhere, really, whether he would, uh, whether he would deploy that in uh, Donbass, which, again, would make no sense if he were to decide to do that in Kiev. How close is Kiev to Poland? I'm not sure, but it's... Uh, what if that radiation spreads into a NATO country? Again, we're grappling with unanswered questions that we never thought we would have to grapple with. And hopefully we won't have to because hopefully I'm right and he doesn't take this step. And I don't think he's going to. But if he does, if if if, if you have a radiation cloud, I don't know much about how that works exactly. But if you have radiation drifting into another country, potentially uh, contaminating another country and it's NATO, does that trigger Article 5? Again, we don't know. We're in uncharted waters here. Um, 
I want to get back to the article, but I also first want to look at some of these uh, comments here in the Facebook live chat. Uh, Michael Albert says, it may not be likely, but similar experts said Putin would not invade. That is true, but we were never convinced. I mean, I wasn't. And now John Hopwood, he was convinced Putin wouldn't invade. And, you know, he's uh, done a mea culpa and said, you know, he was he was wrong. And I, I thought there was about, I, I, I remember at one point calling it 70-30. I thought there was about a 70% chance that he would not 30% chance that he would, um, you know, but, but a lot of experts did think he would. Um, I was on the side of, of, I was on the wrong side. I was more on the side of people who thought that he would not do it, but, but he did. Uh, but that is a perfectly valid thing to raise, Michael. Uh, Tony Petrello says, not the U.S., but Biden is the one who doesn't believe he'll use nuclear weapons. It's only a matter of time. He's a loose cannon and at this point has nothing to lose. See, that I disagree with, Tony, um, because, I, you know, it's like I was saying earlier, and I'm, I'm not sure at what point you were with us, but I, I can't believe that he's doing all of this, going through all of this trouble to attempt to invade Ukraine and then, you know, recalibrate and say, okay, well, you know, let's try to take the eastern part and connect Donbass to Crimea, which seems to be the maybe the long-term plan. Nobody really knows, though. Nobody knows for sure what's in his head and what his strategy is and what his, uh, or lack thereof, uh, and what his actual objectives and ambitions and goals are here with all of this. But I cannot believe he's going through all of this just to, in the end, just blow everything up. I, I cannot believe that. Yes, Mikey? Yeah. Um, looking from doing directions from Kiev, the nearest part of the Poland border it's a seven hour drive over 500 kilometers okay so so Kiev is further from Poland than I thought then I was for, yep. for some reason I was thinking it was a little bit closer but I might be thinking of um, uh, there's another city I'm thinking of Lviv. I, that's what I'm thinking of thank you Mikey yes yeah, so I was thinking of Lviv that is that is closer. I think that is the closest actual city to Poland, if I'm not mistaken, within Ukraine, because I think that's where the. Um, I think they're bringing the weapons in from Poland to Lviv, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, because from the point I'm looking at the um, Ukraine-Poland border to Lviv is a two-hour, twenty-two-minute, hundred forty-five kilometer. Drive. Oh, okay. So that's very close. Yeah. So, if, yeah. So if, if um, you know, if, if uh, Putin were to use a tactical nuke on Lviv, you know, that rate and that radiation, I mean, that's getting very close to Poland if you were to do something like that. But, but um, yeah, I disagree though, uh, Tony. I, 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 um, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that Putin will do that. I don't think he would. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, trying to err on the side of optimism, I suppose. And uh, I hope that I'm right. I think I'm right. I hope I'm right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Getting back to this article from Reuters, there's only a little bit left here, but um, earlier this month, CIA Director William Burns said uh, the threat of Russia potentially using tactical or low-yield nuclear weapons in Ukraine could not be taken lightly, but, but that the CIA has not seen a lot of practical evidence reinforcing that concern. And that gets back to what I was talking about earlier at the end of the first hour when I was saying that um, 
There has been no evidence. Again, unless it's something they're not telling us because they don't want anybody to worry. There, there's been no evidence that they're actually mobilizing these nukes and getting them ready to do something. And our satellite imagery would pick that up. You know, we're able to keep a pretty close eye on what the Russians are doing and vice versa through satellite imagery. Um, you know, and, and that's how, you know, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, that's how, uh, not with satellites, but with uh, the, the planes. I forget what the uh, planes are called. Um, but they would do the overflights over Cuba. That's how they discovered, you know, through the aerial photography, that's how they discovered that the Russians had put nukes in Cuba. Um, but, uh, you know, but now, you know, we can see what they're doing pretty well with these satellites. And there's just been no evidence. I'll tell you what, here's, here's uh, you know, if, if we start finding out that, yes, they're actually loading nuclear bombs onto Russian fighter jets and putting those in the air, then, then you might start to panic a little bit and i might join you in that the real panic moment is when we find out that they're evacuating uh, major cities in russia then you know we're going to war <laughs> but you know what i mean like if you wake up one day and there's news that uh they're uh, evacuating uh moscow and leningrad and uh you know they're telling everybody go uh go to the caves or something then you know we're screwed that would be the beginning of the end because then you know what's coming. But no, it's not going to happen. Um, let's see. Michael Albert in the chat says, it doesn't matter if he Fs up Ukraine as long as it serves as a compliant geographical barrier between NATO and the motherland. Well, that might be, uh, that's a great point. And that might be all that he is really after is to have that barrier because you know, he didn't want Ukraine joining NATO, and he had a longstanding objection to that, of course, um, didn't want NATO on his border. And um, so, you know, but again, see, part of what is so hard about all of this is none of us know for sure. None of us know for sure what Putin's goals and objectives and ambitions are. Is it just, as as you suggest, Michael, that, you know, um, maybe he just, uh, like you, the way you put it, he Fs up Ukraine enough so that there's that barrier there between NATO and Russia? Um, or did he really want to annex the entire country like he did Crimea? Or uh, does he have an even grander plan, annex uh, Ukraine and uh, and then move on to Moldova? Or maybe now... Uh, take the eastern part of Ukraine, but still move on to uh, Moldova. You know, nobody knows. We don't know what his original plan was. We don't know what his plan is now. And we don't know if things have changed also. You know, he might have had a larger plan. He might have had to change it and tweak it as facts on the ground. Because, look, by every objective measure, this has gone terribly, terribly for Vladimir Putin. It's an epic failure. But none of us knows what is in his mind exactly. Um, but that is, um, but again, I just, I, I guess, well, we're almost out of time, so we'll, we'll, uh, conclude, uh, on this, but I just, for anyone who's worried, uh, my suggestion is let your heart not be troubled, live your life. I really think it's going to be fine. And, and by the way, too, and I, I alluded to this earlier, I'll circle back to this circle back as Jen Psaki likes to say, um, I really have a strong objection to, and again, I heard David Ignatius say it on MSNBC and I've heard other people say it, referring to this as being similar to the Cuban Missile Crisis. 
John Hopwood probably will disagree with me on this. Guys, this is not the Cuban Missile Crisis. Not even close. Okay. The Cuban Missile Crisis, that really, you know, that really could have gone the other way. That really could have ended up with none of us being here today. Um, Kennedy was ready on that Monday before Khrushchev told him, okay, you know, we'll take this deal. Uh, you pull your missiles out of Turkey, which the Russians didn't know. Those were scheduled to come out anyway because they were outdated. And uh, and we'll take our uh, we'll take ours out of uh, Cuba. Um, but uh, we were about to go in. Kennedy was going to send in if Khrushchev hadn't agreed. Kennedy was going to send in those bombers to take out those missiles in Cuba, which probably would have resulted in some dead Russians. And then they would have had to retaliate. And what Kennedy didn't know at the time is that, speaking of battlefield nukes, they had battlefield nukes on the ground in Cuba on that island ready for when the invasion was coming. But JFK didn't know that at the time. But, and again, we know a lot more now with the satellites, which give us a lot more information than these than the flyovers, the aerial photography from, from the flyovers. But, I mean, it was close it was close. Not to mention all the other times that you don't really hear that much about where, you know, misunderstandings have happened or technical malfunctions where we've been close. But guys, this is, I, I just, I, it makes my skin crawl and I'm not hearing a lot of it. I'm not hearing a lot of it. But when I do, when I hear someone try to equate this with the Cuban Missile Crisis, it, it, it really, uh, it really gets under my skin. Um, this isn't that. It's not even close to that. Um, and I really, uh, don't think that, uh, I mean, as, as awful as all of this is, and it's probably going to drag on and on and on, I don't see an end to this soon. It'll be interesting to see what May 9th brings. Maybe at that point, Putin declares victory and leave. That's obviously a very important date in uh, Russian history, but I don't know, but it's not going to end in a nuclear confrontation between NATO and Russia of that. I really, uh, firmly believe that. Call me Pollyanna. Call me an optimist. Not a bad thing to call me. Just don't call me late for that pizza. I got to go to Elm House and pick up. Uh, thanks to our friend Ron. Don't forget, join us tonight, 7.30 to 10 p.m. Retro Spectrum Radio with Paul E.C. Big night tonight. Peter White joins us. Texas Mike, thank you so much. Yeehaw! Oh, big yeehaw. And uh, thank you again to Eric Pilcher for the, uh, the great classic film review. And uh, that's going to do it for me for now. Uh, Greatest State of Mind is up next with Rob Azevedo here on WMNH 95.3. I will talk to y'all uh, a little bit later at, uh, well, tonight, actually, at uh, 7.30-ish. <laughs> All right. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out.
The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232.